0: Section 17, volume 2, of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Filippo Joachim. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, volume 2, section 17. When it was the fifty-first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, That Sharkan bade Princess Abriza and her damsels Doff the garb that was on them, And don the garments of daughters of Greece. And thus did they. Then he dispatched a company of his companions to Baghdad To acquaint his father Omar bin al-Numan with his arrival, And report that he was accompanied by Princess Abriza. Daughter of King Hardub, Lord of grisha They halted forthright in the place they had reached, And Sharkhan also halted, and all righted there. And when Almighty Allah made morning dawn, Sharkan and his company, and Abriza and her company, Took horse and fared on towards the city. When, lo, on the way they met the wazir Dandan, Who had come out amongst a thousand horse, to honor Abrizah and Sharkan, by a special commandment of King Omar, son of Al Nu'man. When the two drew near, they turned towards them and kissed ground before them. Then they mounted again and escorted them into the city and went up with them to the palace. Sharkan walked in to his father, who rose and embraced him and questioned him of his case. So he told him all that Abrizah had told him, And what had passed between them, and said, She hath parted from her sire, and departed from her reign, And hath chosen to take part with us, and make her abode with us. And indeed, he said to his father, The king of Constantinople hath plotted to do us a mischief, Because of his daughter Sophia, For that the king of Greece had made known to him her story, And the cause of her being given to thee, And he, the Grecian king, Not knowing her to be daughter of King Afridun, Lord of Constantinople, And had it known that, he would not have bestowed her upon thee, But he would have restored her to her parent. And of a verity, he continued, we were saved from these perils Only by the Lady Abrizza, and never saw we a more valiant than she. AND HE WENT ON TO TELL HIS FATHER ALL THAT HAD PASSED FROM FIRST TO LAST, OF THE WRESTLING AND THE SINGLE-FIGHTING. WHEN KING OMAR HEARD THE STORY OF SHARCAN, ABRISA WAS exalted IN HIS EYES, AND HE LONGED TO SEE HER AND QUESTION HER. THEREUPON SHARCAN WENT OUT TO HER AND SAID, THE KING CALLETH FOR THEE. SHE REPLIED, I HEAR AND I OBEY. And he took her and brought her in to his father, Who was seated on his throne, And who, having dismissed his high officers, Was attended only by his eunuchs. The princess entered, and kissing the ground between his hands, Saluted him in choice terms. He was amazed at her eloquent speech, And thanked her for her dealing with his son Sharkan, And bade her be seated. So she sat down and unveiled her face, And when the king saw her beauty, His reason fled his head, And he made her draw near, And showed her favour, Appointing her an especial palace For herself and her damsels, And assigning them sold and allowances. Then began he to ask her Of the three jewels aforesaid, And she answered, Here be thy with me, O king of the age. So saying, she rose, and going to her lodging, Unpacked her baggage, and from it brought out a box, And from the box a casket of gold. She opened the casket, and taking out those three jewels, Kissed them and gave them to the king. Then she went away, bearing his heart with her. After her going, the king sent for his son Sharkan, And gave him one jewel of the three. And when he inquired of the other two, replied, O my son, I mean to give one to thy brother, Zawal al-Makan, and the other to thy sister, Nuzhat al-Zaman. But when Sharkan heard that he had a brother, For to that time he knew only of his sister, He turned to his sire and said to him, O king, Hast thou a son other than myself? He answered, Yes, and he is now six years old, Adding that his name was Zau al makan And that he and Nuzat al-Zaman were twins, Born at the birth. This news was grievous to Sharkan, But he kept his secret and said, The blessing of Allah most high be upon them. And he cast the jewel from his hand, and shook the dust off his clothes, Quoth the king. How do I see thee change thy manner When hearing of this, Considering that after me Thou becomes heir of the kingdom? Of a truth the troops have sworn to thee, And the emirs and grandees have taken The oath of succession to thee, And this one of the three jewels is thine. Sharkan bowed his head to the ground, and was ashamed to bandy words with his parent, So he accepted the jewel and went away, Knowing not what to do for exceeding wrath, And stayed not, walking till he had entered Abrizar's palace. As he approached, she stood up to meet him, And thanked him for what he had done, And prayed for blessings on him and his sire. Then she sat down and seated him by her side, but when he had taken his place, She saw rage in his face, And questioned him, Whereupon he told her That Allah had blessed his father With two children by Sophia, A boy and a girl, And that he had named the boy Zawal al And the girl Nushat al-Zaman, adding, He hath kept the other two jewels for them, And hath given me one of thine, So I left it behind, I knew not of Zau al makans birth till this day, And the twain are now six years old. So when I learned this, wrath possessed me, And I tell thee the reason of my rage, And hide nothing from thee. But now I fear lest my father take thee to wife, For he loveth thee, and I saw in him signs of desire for thee. So what wilt thou say if he wish this? Was she? No, O Sharkan, that thy father hath no dominion over me, Nor can he have me without my consent, And if he prevail over me by force, I will take my own life. As for the three jewels, It was not my intent that he should give any of them to either of his children, And I had no thought but that he would lay them up in his treasury, With his things of price. But now, I desire of thy favor that thou make me a present of the jewel Which she gave thee, if thou have accepted it. Hearkening and obedience, replied Sharkan, and gave it to her. Then said she, Fear nothing, and talked with him a while, And continued, I fear lest my father hear that I am with you, And sit not patiently under my loss. But do his endeavour to find me, And to that end he may ally himself With King Afridun on account of his daughter Sophia, And both come on thee with armies, And so there befall great turmoil. When Sharkan heard these words, he said to her, O my lady, If it please thee to sojourn with us, Take no thought of them, Though THERE GATHER TOGETHER AGAINST US, ALL THAT BE ON LAND AND ON SEA. Tis well, rejoined she, and if ye entreat me fair, I will tarry with you, And if ye deal evilly by me, I will depart from you. Then she bade her slave-maidens bring food, So they set the tables, And Charkhan ate a little, and went away to his own house, Disturbed and perturbed. Such was his case. But regarding the affairs of his father, Omar bin al-Numan, After dismissing his son Sharkan, He rose, And taking the other two jewels, Betook himself to the Lady Sophia, Who stood up when she saw him, And remained standing till he was seated. Presently his two children, Zawal makan and Nuzat al-Zaman, Came to him, and he kissed them, And hung a jewel round each one's neck, At which they rejoiced and kissed his hands. Then went they to their mother, Who joyed in their joy, And wished the king long life. So he asked her, Why hast thou not informed me all this time, That thou art the daughter of King Afridun, Lord of Constantinople, That I might have honoured thee still more, And enlarged thee in dignity. And raise thy rank? O king, answered Sophia, And what could I desire greater or higher Than this my standing with thee, Overwhelmed as I am with thy favours and thy benefits? And furthermore, Allah hath blessed me With two children by thee, a son and a daughter. Her reply pleased the king, and after leaving her, He set apart for her and her children A wondrous fine palace. Moreover, he appointed for them eunuchs, And attendants, and doctors of law, And doctors of philosophy, and astrologers, And physicians, and surgeons, To do them service. And in every way he redoubled his favour, And entreated them with the best of treatment. And presently, He returned to the palace of his dominion, And to his court, Where he distributed justice among the lieges, So far concerning him and Sophia and her children. But in the matter of Abrizah, The king was greatly occupied with love of her, And burnt with desire of her night and day. And every night he would go in to her, And converse with her, And pay his court to her. But she gave him no answer, only saying, O king of the age, I have no desire for men at this present. When he saw her withdraw from him, His passion waxed hotter, And his longing and pining increased Until, when weary of this, He summoned his wazir Dandan, And opening his very heart to him, Told him of his love for Princess Abriza, daughter of Ardub, And informed him How she refused to yield to his wishes, And how desire for her was doing him to die, For that he could get no grace of her. The wazir, hearing these words, said to the king, As soon as it is dark night, Take thou a piece of bang, the measure of a miscal, About an ounce, and go in to her, And drink somewhat of wine with her. When the hour of ending the carousel shall draw near, Fill her a last cup, and dropping therein the bank, Give it to her to drink, And she will not reach her sleeping chamber, Ere the drug take effect on her. Then do thou go in to her, and take thy will of her, And such is my advice. Thy reed is all right, quoth the king, And seeking his treasury, He took thence a piece of concentrated bang, If an elephant smelt it, He would sleep from ear to ear. This he put in his bosom pocket, And waited till some little of the night went by, When he betook himself to the palace of Princess Abriza, Who, seeing him, stood up to receive him. But he bade her sit down, So she sat down, and he sat by her, and he began to talk with her of wine and vessel, Whereupon she furnished the kerosene table, And placed it before him. Then she set on the drinking vessels, And lighted the candles, and ordered to bring dried fruits, And sweet meats, And all that pertaineth to drinking. So they fell to tippling, And the king ceased not to pledge her, Till drunkenness crept into her head. And seeing this, HE TOOK OUT THE BIT OF bank FROM HIS POCKET, AND holding IT BETWEEN HIS FINGERS, FILLED THE CUP WITH HIS ONE HAND, AND DRANK IT OFF. THEN, FILLING THE SECOND, HE SAID, TO THY COMPANIONSHIP, AND DROPPED THE DRUG INTO HER CUP, SHE KNOWING NOT OF IT. SHE TOOK IT AND DRANK IT OFF. THEN SHE ROSE AND WENT TO HER SLEEPING CHAMBER. HE awaited FOR LESS THAN AN HOUR, Till he was assured that the dose had taken effect on her and had robbed her of her senses, when he went in to her and found her thrown on her back, and she had doffed her petticoat trousers, and the air raised the skirt of her ship and discovered what was between her tides. When the king saw the state of things and found a lighted candle at her head and another at her feet, Shining upon water tides, enshrined, he took leave of his five senses for lust, and Satan seduced him, and he could not master himself, but put off his trousers and fell upon her, and abated her maiden head. Then he rose off her and went to one of her women, by name Marjana, and said, "Go in to thy lady and speak with her." So she went in to her mistress, And found her lying on her back insensible, With the blood running down to the calves of her legs, Whereupon she took a kerchief, And wiped away the blood, And lay by her that night. As soon as Almighty Allah brought the dawn, The handmaid Marjanah washed her mistress's hands and feet, And brought rose water, And bathed her face and mouth with it, Whereupon she sneezed and yawned, And cast up from her inside that bit of bang like a bolus. Then she revived and washed her hands and mouth, And said to Marjana, Tell me what hath befallen me. So she told her what had passed, And how she had found her lying on her back, With the blood running down, Wherefore she knew that King Omar bin al-Numan Had lain with her, And had undone her and taken his will of her. And this she grieved with exceeding grief, And retired into privacy, Saying to her damsels, Deny me to whoso would come in to me, And say to him that I am ill, Till I see what Allah will do with me. Presently the news of her sickness came to the king, So he sent her sherbets, And sugar luxuries. Some months she thus passed in solitude, During which time the king's flame cooled, And his desire for her was quenched, So that he abstained from her. Now she had conceived by him, And when three months of child-breeding had gone by, Her pregnancy appeared, and her belly swelled, And the word was straightened upon her, so she said to her handmaid Marjana. Know that it is not the folk who have wronged me, But I who sinned against my own self, In that I left my father and mother and country. Indeed, I abhor life, for my spirit is broken, And neither courage nor strength is left me. I used, when I mounted my steed, to have the mastery of him, but now I am unable to write. If I be brought to bed among them, I shall be dishonoured before my handwomen, and every one in the palace will know that he hath taken my maidenhead in the way of shame. And if I return to my father, with what face shall I meet him, or with what face shall I have recourse to him? How well quoth the poet, Say, what shall solace one who hath nor home, Nor stable steed, nor cup companion, Nor a cup, nor place to house his head? Marjanah answered her, "Tis thine to command, I will obey. And Abrizah said, I desire at once to leave this place secretly, So that none shall know of me but thou, And return to my father and my mother, For when flesh stinketh, there is naught for it, But its own folk, and Allah shall do with me even as he will. O princess, Majanah replied, what thou wouldest do is well. Then she made matters ready, and kept her secret, And waited for some days till the king went out to chase and hunt. And his son Sharkan betook himself to certain of the fortress to sojourn there a while. Then said she to Marjana, I wish to set out this night, but how shall I do against my destiny? For already I feel the pangs of labor and childbirth, and if I abide other four or five days I shall be brought to bed here, and I shall be unable to travel to my country. But this is what was written on my forehead. Then she considered a while, and said to Marjana, "Look us out a man who will go with us and serve us by the way, for I have no strength to bear arms." By Allah, O my lady," replied Marjana, "I know none but a black slave called Al Kasban, who is one of the slaves of King Omar bin Al Numan. He is a valiant white, and he keepeth guard at our palace gate." The king appointed him to attend us, And indeed we have overwhelmed him with our favours. So, Luki, I will go out and speak with him of this matter, And promise him some money, and tell him that, If he have a mind to tarry with us, I will marry him to whom he will. He told me before, today, that he had been a highwayman, So if he consent to us, we shall win our wish and reach to our own land. She rejoined, Call him, that I may talk with him. Whereupon Marjana fared forth and said to the slave, O Gazban, Allah prosper thee, So thou fall in with what my lady saith to thee. Then she took him by the hand and brought him to the princess, Whose hands he kissed, but as she beheld him, her heart took fright at him. However, she said to herself, Of a truth need giveth the law. And she approached to speak with him, Yet her heart started away from him. Presently she said, O Gasban, say me, wilt thou help me against the perfidies of fortune, And conceal my secret if I discover it to thee? When the slave saw her, his heart was taken by storm, And he fell in love with her forthright, And could not but reply, O my mistress, whatsoever thou bidest me do, I will not depart therefrom. Quoth she, I would have thee take me at this hour, And take these my handmaid, and saddle us two camels, And two of the king's horses, and set on each horse A saddle-bag of goods. And somewhat of Provence, And go with us to our own country, Where, if thou desire to abide with us, I will marry thee to her Thou shalt choose of my handmaidens, Or, if thou prefer return to thine own land, We will marry thee, and give thee whatso thou desires, After thou hast taken of money, what shall satisfy thee. When al Ghazban heard this, HE REJOICED WITH GREAT JOY AND REPLIED, O MY LADY, I WILL SERVE BOTH OF YOU WITH MINE EYES, AND WILL GO AT ONCE AND SADDLE THE HORSES. THEN HE WENT AWAY GLADSOME, AND SAYING TO HIMSELF, I SHALL GET MY WILL OF THEM, AND IF THEY WILL NOT YIELD TO ME, I WILL KILL THEM BOTH AND TAKE THEIR RICHES. BUT HE KEPT THIS HIS INTENT TO HIMSELF, and presently returned with two camels, And three head of horses, One of which he rode. And Princess Abriza made Marjanah mount the second, She mounting the third, Albeit she was in labour pains, And possessed not her soul for anguish. And the slaves ceased not travelling with them night and day Through the passes of the mountains, Till they remained but musingly Marched between them and their own country, When the travail pangs came upon Abriza, And she could no longer resist. So she said to al Set me down, for the pains of labor are upon me. And cried to Marjana, Do thou alight and sit by me, and deliver me. Then Marjana dismounted from her horse, And al did in like sort. And they made fast the bridles, And helped the princess to dismount. For she was a swan from excess of anguish. When Al-Gazban saw her on the ground, Satan entered into him, and he drew his falchion, And brandishing it in her face, said, O my lady, vouchsafe me thy favours. Hearing these words, she turned to him and said, It remaineth for me only that I yield me to a negro slaves, After having refused the kings and braves. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 17 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Two, recording by Filippo Gioquino.